will retire as a Toronto Raptor. So, you know that if I'm here, if I get, I will retire as a Toronto Raptor. Uh, you know that one day contract. Hey, whatever happens. to another episode of That's A Wrap Podcast. I am your co-host, Jay Rosales. We are recording this on March the 11th. And yes, this is March 11th for the 365th consecutive day. <laughs> the pandemic is officially a year old. And yes, I, I don't think it's worth saying happy anniversary. I don't know what I to make of this th- I feel year. like anniversary is more of a celebratory thing, like no matter what it is. Yeah. So is, it, is it a good thing to celebrate celebrate a one-year anniversary of this i don't know no uh well nah. we can look at the positives and say like some of us are, are very lucky to still be around because this yeah. pandemic has affected a lot of people and obviously Absolutely. it's a time to think about in a way it's a good thing that we're able to say that it's a year later and you know i'm still talking to you guys you're still talking yeah. with mm-hmm. me but i guess we could get into all of that you know a bit later especially when i you know, reflecting on how it affected the league because the league was really kind of the forefront for how when all of these closures and everything kind of started. Yeah, yeah. I mean, see, we, I know that we're starting this a little bit later than usual because there is just a Raptors game that we that we lost unfortunately in the uh, closing seconds by a Tony Snell who had didn't score the entire game. But but before we go into that, welcome everybody to that's a rap podcast a podcast by fans for fans you can find us on twitter at that's a rap pod and find this podcast on all your podcatchers man this was a heartbreaker but that's okay there was a lot to talk there was a lot of positives to take out of it and as jay said andre mentioned it is the one year of when basically the whole league sports and honestly the entire world kind of shut down Let's, you know what, before, before we get into that, and I know that there's a lot, uh, the, the Raptors game, this is very, you know, out of the whole scheme of it, there was a Raptors game and we lost. So maybe we can talk about the, the negatives and positives really quickly. Yeah. As we, as we mentioned, it was a heartbreaker because we lost by one on a Tony Snell three pointer. However, we are still down a lot of players, uh, in the health and safety protocol. No OG, no Fred, no Siakam, um, no Malachi Flynn. Regardless, we still played very, very well. So did you guys get a chance to catch this game? Uh, bits of it, yeah. Like, as you said, you can only get so upset when so many players are missing and you lose by one. But it wasn't even like it was one and you were trying to catch up. You were ahead and there was just an unlucky three right at the end. So yeah. uh, on one hand, that really sucks, especially because I wish we beat atlanta after that last game that we had with them but on the other hand look how understaffed we are not that there's ever like a great reason to lose but considerably it's a good loss so we we played pretty well in the second and third the third quarter have like in this year have been uh pretty much our Achilles heel, yeah. but we gave up 37 points in the first quarter. And we also gave up 37 points in the fourth quarter, leading to a 121, 102, 120 loss. 
I mean, it, it was a tough one, but you got Kyle Lowry with 17 and 13. Aaron Baines played a really good game uh, with 11 points and 15. Of course, you got uh, Norman Powell with another 30-plus game. Chris Boucher with 29 right behind him. So all in all, it was a really good game. But mm-hmm. when you dig yourself a hole like that in the first quarter and you basically give up like, a, what, was it like a 12-0 run or like a... 22 to 7 run at the end of the fourth quarter they were just kind of out of gas and i I understand you play your heart and soul out and i know that uh william lube uh, threw out that image of both boucher and norm uh basically their hands on their knees at the end of the game and that was heartbreaking but you know what you know what nurse is saying in the in the locker room you live you learn you move on right that was a hard fought game and we played really well down uh, until you know when we didn't have enough bodies to play so you move on. We got a back-to-back coming in Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, and you know there are, there are more positives to take out of this game. I know I know that we had already mentioned Norm's game and and Boucher having really a career night there. If you throw in the two steals and two blocks that he had, but w- when I did the the wrap up for this game and and previewing this, one thing that I pointed out because I did I did actually predict that the Hawks would win this. I didn't predict they would win in this kind of fashion, mm-hmm. but the reason why. Atlanta is a tough matchup for the Raptors in general is because they do, they do well in two very specific areas that the Raptors struggle in. One is they are number two in the NBA at getting to the line, and that's an area that the Raptors really struggle in terms of because of the way their defense is predicated on being very aggressive, that plays into Atlanta's hands in terms of getting to the line a lot. And we saw that today with that 12 free throw advantage. And the other area, which and this was the, a positive actually, is that the, the Hawks are one of the best offensive rebounding teams. That's another area in which, again, defensive rebounding is a big hole that the Raptors need filling. And you know, to, to Dre's point about the previous games against the Hawks, that's also an area in which they exploited the Raptors. However, this time around, the Raptors actually out-rebounded them on the offensive side, so that's a positive. And Again, referring to what Dre was talking about in their previous game, Atlanta managed to, in the previous matchup between these two, limit the Raptors' outstanding transition offense and really got back on defense. And this time around, the Raptors found a way and they managed to outscore the Hawks in fast break points 15 to 10. Now, that doesn't sound like a huge difference, but when you are this undermanned, you take your wins where you can get them. So I, I liked what I saw out of the Raptors. And, you know, they they really showed a lot of heart out there. Uh, and it's it's unfortunate mm-hmm. that it, it came down to this. And it's unfortunate even for Norm Powell, who, as we pointed out, had a game high or sorry, a, a team high 33 points. But his two plays or three plays within that last yep. minute really stood out to me. One are the two missed free throws. And then the last offensive drive, he had Collins in the lane. He could have kept on going. But he got a little spooked out by seeing Capella and gave it up to Bembry at the end of the shot clock. Mm-hmm. And then finally on the the buzzer beater, he totally lost track of his man. He he got duped into following Herder into the lane, leaving Snell wide open. So, you know, when you're looking at the replays and you're seeing it's Paul Watson, you know, diving out there, that wasn't his man. That was Norm who lost him and he got lost in the defensive coverage you should have stuck to your shooter um but that's that's not what people are going to remember they're going to notice the 33 points and say he he led the team but you know he's got to sharpen that when when it comes to taking care of the defensive end all in all uh, i'm happy with how the boys performed it's unfortunate that they lost in such a heartbreaking fashion mm-hmm. you you kind of take your wins where you can at this point even if they are moral i also think think that like 
you know, it's it's been three games, albeit it's one after the All Star break. But I mean, you know, if you if you visually look at these and and the scores wise, just the stats wise, you know, the first game we got trounced by Detroit. The second game, um, well, basically, I'm talking about when we've had players out. Uh, in the second game, we played a lot better against Boston, and now we play pretty well against Atlanta. And those are three games without your basically, you know, three fifths of your starting uh, lineup. It just means it just feels like they're adjusting. The Raptors continue to adjust with or without their players, uh, even with or without their coach, but they just keep finding ways to play better. And you just kind of see it. The chemistry is coming together, and it's only been three games now. When the when the players do come back and knock on wood, I hopefully do they do. Uh, come back there's going to be a time where they need to adjust again you know these players probably didn't have they can't play contact sport right now so they're probably trying to work out individually but you know the in game is going to take some time so i won't be surprised if the you know the next couple of games if the when the players do come back that it's going to be a struggle it's not going to be like plug and play so i want to give these guys patience at the same time now this is the time to like kind of cement your position into the east right now we're we're eighth we're, we've lost one we're 17 and 20 and we're in the trenches of all these other uh, teams that are like from three to ten so we really have to step it up but at the same time give these guys the patience they need in order to come back into the game and if there's if there's another positive to 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 this and to the fact that a whole bunch of teams are kind of clumped together is that it's not hard to find the silver lining in this just today alone, the Celtics lost, the Bulls lost. Okay, good. The, the Magic lost, the Knicks <laughs> lost. All well, of those teams. This is all a part of our standing, especially the Bulls, who are like right behind us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's. I, I think it was uh, Alex Wong who had tweeted out that you know you can go on a one-game win streak and be in the fourth seed, or you can go on a one-game losing streak and be in the twelfth seed. So it is really that kind of uh, jumble there in the middle of the East. So right. you know, the the Raptors got to. Keep plugging hard and get ready for Charlotte on Sunday. Absolutely. So, so there you go. There you have it. The Raptors uh, do have a couple of games coming up on Saturday and Sunday versus uh, Charlotte and the Bulls. So hopefully we can, I guess, you know, jump up all the way to fourth if we can get those two wins. <laughs> now, as we said in the beginning of the show, today is March 11th, which means uh, it's been 365 days since the NBA and basically the rest of the world uh, decided for in good fashion to basically shut down, shut down the league. And I, and I wanted to go back a little bit. I don't want to say reminisce again. I don't want to say celebrate. It's just, it's crazy to think that it's been already one year of this quote unquote. I know people hate it, but it's true. This new normal. Now, if we think about like, you know, 2020 and March 11th, I want to go through the timelines. The timelines are pretty, pretty crazy. So, at 8 p.m. in Oklahoma City, um, they were basically getting ready, warming up to play this uh, Oklahoma City versus Utah Jazz game. 26 minutes after, both Billy Donovan and Jazz coach uh, Quinn Snyder, they kind of meet at half court, and then they kind of break the news to each other that the game is going to be canceled. At the halfway point, like 8.31, the OKC Thunder, uh, I guess, PR allowed the, I guess, the halftime performer to perform while they were trying to figure out how to break the news. <laughs> so you have this performance at 831 uh, just to be like, okay, we don't know what the hell's going on. So let's have someone entertain the crowd by 839. That's when they, 
the uh, PA announcer was saying, uh, you're safe, but the, the game has been postponed. By 9.31, all the teams were going back into, I don't know, I guess, hotel. During all this time, uh, at around 10.32 p.m. with Eastern Standard Time, uh, Vince Carter played his final game mm-hmm. as you know, in the NBA. So like just just thinking back about that time and, and I wanted to ask you guys, you know, what do you remember about that day? Um, I, I remember I was sitting on the couch with my wife waiting for this Oklahoma City game, to be honest, and then just checking Twitter and saying, this is actually happening. And I remember there was a clip of, what, what's his name? What's a Dallas Mavericks owner? Oh, Cuban? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Yeah. So there is this clip of Mark Cuban looking at his phone and reacting like, oh, my God, like this, like this was on camera. This is it. Like, that's that's incredible. And I feel like that was everybody. So I yeah. wanted to ask you guys, do you remember that day? Oh, God, who doesn't? Uh, yeah, um, I love Rudy Gobert. I think he's a very underrated player by a lot of people who, you know, just like to, you know, crap on his style because it's not like maybe flashy or he doesn't score a lot of points or whatever, you know, whatever stigma there might be. So when his nonsense broke out where he was mishandling the situation, let's say, I wasn't thrilled. I remember my first thought was, oh my God, of course he got it. Like, you know, he wasn't being careful. To this day, we don't actually know if that was why he got it, but that led to my second train of thought, which was, wait a second, this guy actually has this. You know, that, that's huge for us because we know who that is. Shortly afterwards, somebody that everyone knows, Tom Hanks got it. And it's like, well, at this point, it doesn't like, it doesn't take favorites. And we knew that right away. I just remember at first being so upset. And it's like, wait, so is this like a hiatus or is this like, yeah. Is this like Same. it? Mm-hmm. I don't even know what's going to happen. This was well before like anything like they just canceled games. That's all they were doing. They were just canceling games and trying to figure out what to do next. Cause like nobody knew, but all they knew was get everyone out of there. It was like something out of a movie where it's like mm-hmm. abandon this arena stat. And like other, other games were like, well, we might as well finish while, you know, while it's lasting. Right. I guess we just didn't know. Cause like, you know, can you imagine suggesting hey let's finish now no like that would not happen so you know we were still in the infant stages but all we knew was that infant stages were now about to become something diabolical and to this day even though we know more we have better protocols we have an end in sight kind of with the vaccinations we're still kind of in that spot of what's happening next and it's everything from even us right now where it's like, okay, what's happening next with the Raptors who are, you know, currently not playing for health and safety protocols. We just don't know every single thing as to what's happening next. And before you know it, it's been a year, not even a year. First off, since COVID started, I think it was like November or something. Yeah. But a year since we started or the world started really, doing stuff in, you know, in response where it's like, wow, okay, this is going to be a new world. The NBA is such the forefront for so many other leagues, so many ways of how people are living, because let's be real. 
you know, sports is kind of the the escape that we all have, right? That we that at least for us three that we that we use, um, and then we go back to reality. And now that it that you know, COVID took that away and took a lot. Uh, not only just the NBA, but it has taken so many things away that the NBA uh, closing down was almost like that was the reality. That was like you're taking um, something that that we love and that we enjoy watching day in and day out. And now that we don't have that, it's like, oh, this is this is real. This is I think for me, that was like the point of which I was feeling like this is real. We have to take this seriously now. Uh, Jay, what about you, man? Well, for for us who obviously are diehard Raptors fans and we treat this team as if it's a part of our family, it felt real right away when you start to think about, well, when at the time when it was announced, immediately everyone's thoughts went to, okay, it happened because of Utah and it happened, uh, you know, let, let's highlight Rudy Gobert, right? And then my first thought was, who was the last team that they faced? <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. so oh, yeah. when you when you think about like our 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 fandom and how much we we feel like we're they're part of our family right away, it's like oh my goodness, they are all there together. And then they like, like school. They had they were separated at two different events that night. Right. Oh, there was the that, that bowling event. I think it was Norm's bowling event at the ballroom. And then there was another event, another uh, part nurse. of nurse. I yes, think it was yes. the nurse's a charity yeah. event. And in you you know, if you if you had a chance, if you haven't had a chance, definitely check out the open gym episode where where they show what when the, the moment nurse found out, right? He was performing mm-hmm. on stage and then one of the PR folks went over to him and mentioned it. It was just it was it was a surreal night. And I remember thinking as a fan, man, what's up with our Raptors? They are all together right now. And it's not even just they are they they were in close contact with the Utah Jazz. They are now basically hosting two separate super spreader events, right? Oh, Which is not yeah. a term that we were familiar with at the time. But at the time, I remember feeling a great sense of angst and, and anxiety over, you know, everyone, not just the Raptors, but everyone in those two events, right? So that's where, I, where my mind went um, that night. And it was such a mess right I, I think we we did an emergency podcast that night uh with derek from cbc and yeah, it was yeah. just pandemonium right even for him it was like okay you know he's working at cbc and and breaking news and working breaking news and he took like i don't know half an hour out of his time from breaking all that more yeah. important news to to, to <laughs> pop on the pod with us and talk about this you know, pandemic, which at the time, I don't know about you guys, I was thinking maybe we'll go on hiatus for a little while. Like, I, I did not think weeks. that. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know what? It's hard to say. I don't know if I thought two weeks, but like, I it's, I didn't, I can tell you this. None of us thought a year away we would still be talking about it, right? Oh. Mm-hmm. Like a, two months. Okay. Two months is more like what I was thinking. Like, uh, you know, everyone's going to get it and, you know, we're all going to recover. But no, it doesn't really work that way. And it's not e- exactly that easy to beat. So, uh, yeah, it's a whole miasma in reality. You know, the thing about the about sports, though, is like all in all, they they've kind of done, uh, you know, as good of a job as they could. I mean, they, you know, NFL, NBA, NHL, everyone was crowned a championship because, you know, it, 
with or without COVID, life continues, you know, uh, uh, for, I guess, yeah. in the world of, like, trying to cope, make, cope yeah. with it. Yeah, I guess. How the NBA decided to go about, like, the bubble and everything, I thought that was interesting because I remember it and I, I feel like we were all in the same boat with like Toronto Raptors Twitter and NBA Twitter that like it was bad. It was a bad idea. It was, mm -hmm. but how they came about it to make it feel like it was safe for the the, the players to go there and, you know, do their jobs is mm -hmm. incredible. Um, so I commend them for that. And I also commend everybody who's been, you know, safe enough to, uh, work at those premises you know the same thing when it comes to the nhl and the nfl and obviously to everybody who's been working in the front lines and all the nurses and all the doctors who are still working tirelessly in uh, day in and day out hour upon hour minute before, by minute that who can't even go into the for like a washing break or anything like that those are the people who have sacrificed everything and i commend them and i thank them so very much and like we say this every single time, man, it's been it's been a year. Yes, but it's not over. And I don't think it's going to be over for a while. So as much as we see somewhere like like Texas or for God's sake, where Toronto is in Tampa and Florida and in Canada right now, too, people are still not taking it seriously, even after a year of noticing all these people struggling all these businesses struggling, all these people getting sick. People are still not taking this seriously. That's what boggles my mind. And there's people who are, are taking it less seriously now because it's going on for too long and it's an inconvenience. Well, it's an yeah, inconvenience for everybody. Right? And that's a problem. Like, it's if it's inconvenience uh, until it is uh, a problem to you, then it's not a problem for right. everybody, right? Like, it's, it's the, the the selfishness of it, 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 that's what bugs him the most. But at the same time, at the same time, the people who argue, the people who yell, uh, you know who those 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 bots on Twitter? Those people are going to be the loudest because yeah. they're the, probably the most scared. You don't you don't hear too much of all the people who are doing everything they can for their family members, uh, for for their friends, for the people that they love, and and of course the nurses and the doctors that keep on saying that we don't hear that enough. You know, we only hear the naysayers and the arguments and everything like that. So I just wanted to stop and say. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to everybody in the front lines. I'm not like, of course, nurses, doctors, but also everybody who is front facing. I'm talking about like retail workers. I'm talking about like teachers, uh, any teachers and uh, everybody who's at their jobs right now risking their lives. I thank you. And don't listen to any of those naysayers because they're not worth it. They're just scared in, inside. That's a lot more wholesome than I would have put it, to be honest. It would have had a lot of uh, censored buttons and everything. Because right now, all I can think is, in a couple words, shame on you at this point. That's it. And uh, thank yeah. you to all the people who risk their lives to keep society going, especially when they have to deal with this kind of nonsense where you know they're risking their lives yeah. even more because people don't care until it's too late. This is just a podcast uh, for for three Raptor fans about mm -hmm. basketball, about a team that we all three of us love so much, and in and honestly, in order to do that, we've we've tried to stay safe as possible 
understanding the rules so we don't have to give more pressure to those people who have so much pressure on them right now. So again, I want to I want to say thank you, and I'm sure I'm speaking for the rest of this team. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. Jay, Absolutely. Dre, anything else you want to say? No, you said no. It really well. Yeah, I yeah, I'm not gonna. I, there's nothing else to add to that. I mean, you guys el- eloquently said it, and well, not me. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I know I know Dre wants to talk shit about all, all those people who deservedly so they do, but there's not enough bleeps in the world for, for me to bleep them all out. So all right, let's take a quick break. Um and we'll come back and we'll debunk all that that silly Lowry talk and whoever thinks that we should uh, trade Lowry for a, a package of peanuts, you know, you're not a Raptors fan. So we'll talk to you soon. the negative stuff i want to say to all you people wait did you put the ad over me oh, god damn it <laughs> okay well you win okay no, nobody's gonna hear it all right that's the ad i guess uh Lowey, i want to buy that i planned it out perfectly god damn uh, like perfect amount of time and everything it's not like you just cut me out it, no it just it's all live this that's how it works yep yes sir yes sir all right well welcome back to uh that's a rap podcast uh we are a podcast by or by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. Uh, if you were listening to the first half of the episode, I, I appreciate you for sticking around. But I hope you guys and girls uh, listen through, and you know, I just want to make sure that everyone knows that we you should thank all of the frontline workers and everybody you can, and just stay safe, be patient. There is a light uh, at the end of the tunnel, and just be nice to each other, please, please. But uh, you know, keep your heads high and push forward now. Kyle Lowry. There's a lot you of said crap keep going your heads on. high and then you bring up Kyle Lowry. <laughs> well, there's a lot to <laughs> keep Kyle, your heads high about. There is. There is a lot to keep your heads high about Kyle Lowry. Man, he is the growth. He has since since we've um started recording, I know albeit we lost to the Atlanta Hawks to a Tony Snell three-pointer for God's oh, sake. Okay, now our heads aren't high. Thanks, Jason. <laughs> okay, I'll bring it back. I'll bring it back up. Okay. Kyle Lowry has now cemented its his his uh, you know long long legacy of being the greatest raptor of all time and now becoming the second um of all time in points for raptors franchise history surpassing chris bosh and you know goddamn well that he is going for that demar Derozan number one spot too there have been a lot of talk about kyle lowry being traded in the tra- uh, trade deadline which is coming up i believe jay march 26th or 25th, 25th which is also 25th. kyle lowry's birthday well there you go there Uh-oh. you go now Ever since the Ryan Rossello has said uh, a lot of like, you know, 
Kyle Lowry has been talking about, you know, Lowry's he's going to be traded. He's going to be gone to another team. He Kyle Lowry has debunked that in his Instagram timeline saying if it's not from him, it's not true. So much so now that Michael Grange, who has talked, who had an interview with his uh, Kyle Lowry's agent, uh, understanding that, you know, that's not that's just not true. If Lowry were to be traded, it would be on his terms as well as the Raptors. Guys, let's break this down. Why does everyone think that Lowry is going somewhere before the 25th? All right. So the basics around this is that, you know, he's on the last year of his deal. He's getting up there in age. That's really, and he still has some good, a good couple of years under his belt, like still to go. And also to add on that, that he has a championship experience. So, and and let's also add in one more point that there, in terms of gettable as assets right now to help propel you to championship contender status Lowry's at the top of that list right and you know if if Harden hadn't been traded for example then he would have been that guy that everyone's talking about but Lowry is that guy and that's a testament to the hard work he's put in over the years it's a testament to this organization in terms of what they've managed to build around him um but yeah he is the 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 prize gem right now and and every team and every fan base is trying to make some sort of room and, and and create some sort of interest and firing up the trade machine to bring Kyle Lowry over to their team. Add in the fact that the, the I guess the smaller pieces of news that are being blown up into bigger pieces of news, which are, for example, Lowry's house being up for sale and recently being sold. Um, even the the recent press conference that you were referencing, Jason, he did mention at the end of that press conference or during that press conference that he plans on retiring as a Raptor, dot, 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 even yeah. if it's on a one-day contract. Yeah. <laughs> so so there's a lot of breadcrumbs there to to point us towards, you know, is this the last we're seeing of Kyle? And it's and the rumors are running rampant, right? And, and we'll say this right at the top. And Jason, you've already pointed this out that his agent said so. He's already said so. If you're hearing anything, it's obviously from another camp. It's not from Kyle Lowry's camp. And I totally believe that. At the same time, you, the, I, get, I think the question comes down to, you know, there is a, a real possibility. And, and Dre, I'm going to throw it over to you on this one. Two years ago, just two years since winning a championship, there's a real possibility that the Raptors are going to lose Kawhi Leonard, Danny Green, Marc Gasol, Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry, Norm Powell, and Masai all. How does that sit with you? <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> but, but you have a championship. But you have a championship. Sorry, sorry. I, I really should have. That, that's, that's a very good point because uh, that leads into another part of the question, which was, Maybe maybe not so much a question, but just, you know, if we were given that option two, three years ago, right? Like you're going to lose half of your championship winning team, but that means you get a championship. Would you have done it? I think all of us would have said yes in a heartbeat, mm-hmm. but now we're just experiencing the the downside of it, right? So I, I don't know. Take that with however you want to take that, Dre, but, you know, how, how, does, how does the latest set of Lowry rumors sit with you? Well, okay, first off, that's a lot of information to take in. Uh, uh, <laughs> one small thing that adds to all of this is that the Raptors are clearly not exactly where they want to be. So they're probably in trade-happy mode already. So it's not just about Lowry himself, but 
the mindset of the Raptors. So there's that side of it, I find. Um, secondly, oh goodness, uh, where do I start? Uh, <laughs> well, okay, fine, fine. Before you start, then, are the Raptors really in? sell mode like i mean we we none of us came into this season thinking that the raptors were championship contenders if anything we thought no, they were you know like, kind of like a possibly a top three four seed right and they're not yeah, that but, far off from a top four seed well yes and no they're still not really performing as well as you know maybe they they would have thought and you know uh let, let's be honest we started the season kind of with hopes of, you know, obtaining like a Giannis or somebody of that nature. And that just did not happen, obviously. So when we have the big gaffes of like, you know, the center spot, just not cutting it, you know, that leads me to believe, yeah, they are going to be thinking about this type of stuff. The championship is really good. It's great. Actually, a lot of teams can't even say that they have that. The Jazz are one of the great dynasties of the 90s, and they didn't win anything, largely because of the Bulls, but they didn't. We could say we have a championship. The Clippers are the oldest team to not have a championship. We could say that we have a championship. So in the long run, it's all good because we have a championship and we at least have one, and that was a fantastic feeling that I'll never forget. On the other hand, like right now, I don't think we're in rebuild mode because we have so many great pieces, but I don't know if we're going to be championship contenders if we lose, like, everybody, you know? Masai especially, because, like, Masai could be the person that helps fix a lot of what's going on right now. If you you think about it, I mean, like, if you want to thank anybody, you thank uh, Tim Laiwiki for bringing Masai here. Yeah. (laughs) He was the one who decided to uh, take away Brian Colangelo. And oh, put good. in its, uh, you know, his predecessor in Masai Ujiri. Yeah. But as much as you want Lowry, and I'm so glad that he said that, you know, he's going to, he wants to, you know, let's let's say he he wants to retire a Raptor. I mean, even Vince Carter said that he thinks he was going to retire a Raptor, but you know, that's not happening. Uh, and for for Lowry. I want him to stay. And I feel like what is a, a good opportunity for him to retire after I I don't, there's not many players and there's not many opportunities that you get when you have someone so cemented into a franchise like Kyle and Toronto. And if you have that opportunity to have like, you know, the Kobe, the Duncan, the, the Curry, the Dame of those players who, kind of built a franchise and also who helped them help raise their career as well. That's not something to kind of shove aside, you know, like they're to have the opportunity to build a statue, a, a bring the, you know, the, the Jersey into the rafters. That's not something that you want to laugh at. Those are serious conversations. And to, to know that he want, and, and it's not like, Lowry isn't playing well like he's playing at a really really high peak at age 37 like he's still playing fantastic it's just I think people look at his contract at 30 million and that kind of cancel out what he does on and off the floor so if you take that out and it depends on if Messiah and Bobby talk to Lowry and say listen we can't give you the 30 maybe you can go out and see how much the market is 
And then you come back to us because there's going to be a time, there is going to be a, a place for you here. And we're probably going to give you more than what other people are going to give you. What I'm concerned about is the norm. I don't think that you can have the Kyle and Norm tandem because no. if you look at next year's salary, 33 for Pascal, 20 for Fred, uh, 7 for Boucher, 16 for OG. And then if you, let's say, Let's say you have you give 20 to Kyle and 15 to Norm. Okay. That's already over a hundred thousand a hundred mil for five to six players. Then you gotta, you know, you have what 10 million to spare to fill out your entire roster. I don't know if that's exactly the plan. Yeah. So I don't think that Lowry should is going to get traded as much, you know, Michael Grange said so himself. However, you really gotta think about what is gonna be happen next do we really want to cement ourselves with those six players uh and then try to you know arrange uh get some more deandre bembrys yeah I, I don't know it's it's hard to say i know this is a lower conversation but i just want to throw in a quick quick number here about about norm and we talk about what his value is and you know right now he's earning something in the ballpark of 10 million he's definitely going to turn down his player option of 11 next year because he's worth a whole lot more of that. And I'll show you why his numbers as a starter, you know, averaging over 50% field goal percentage over 40%, actually over 45% three point and over 90% from the free throw line while averaging over 23 points. This is his sixth season. That is Mm -hmm. exactly the same stats and numbers that Steph Curry Average in his sixth season, which, by the way, was his first MVP season. So when you think about the impact of Norm Powell this season, it's an MVP level type of performance. And so when we think about how much he's going to command this offseason, he like and also think about all the free agents who have signed extensions that the next year's draft class. I'm sorry. Next year's free agency class is going to look like the last two free agency classes where the Raptors are going to have one of the top, you know, uh, targeted free agents. So uh, if if Powell isn't traded before the trade deadline, the, the possibility of him leaving for greener pastures is definitely, definitely on the table. And I, I don't think that the Raptors will have enough to bring him back. And, you know, this is almost like a repeat of last year where it was like, who will the Raptors try to keep? Will it be Ibaka or will it be Gasol? Who will they throw money at first? And how will the dominoes fall? Because the way I'm seeing it right now is Norm will definitely go somewhere else for more money. And Kyle, you know, will he take a bit of a discount to stay on this team so that there's a bit more cap flexibility? That's that's a tougher one to to say. But um Yeah. And and, th- and, and, and think about think about Norm too, is yep. that you said, you know, those starter uh, stats, and that's him as a starter. If you put everybody else back into the fold, he's going to go back to the bench. And no, I, really? I don't know Norm personally, of course. Like, I mean, he, I feel like he wouldn't have as much minutes as a starter. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. So if, if he wants his money, if his agent is a good agent, he was going to go find somebody who's about to pay him 20 to $22 million, guarantee him starting minutes, no matter if it's going to be Minnesota, Sacramento, who, you know, who doesn't matter. As yeah. long as he gets that start of minutes, because right now his value is huge. It's so high. And if every single time you see a Norman Powell three go in, his value goes up. So is it good for us? Sure. At the moment, 
But later, later on, it's like, how much is he going to command? And again, you got to let him do him. You know, like you got to let Fred said better himself. Norm said, understand the grind. And he grinded for these six years. So he deserves to get paid. Are the Raptors in in it for Norm? I I don't know, man. I really don't know. So it's going to be interesting. We don't even know if, let alone Lowry at the trade deadline, we don't know if Norm's going to be here for the trade deadline. We have no idea. But if, if I could actually bring it back to Lowry for one final point here, these next two weeks are going to be very indicative of what the future will hold for Lowry, right? We, we're saying here on the pod that we don't think he'll get traded and that he'll stay. But whether he stays or whether he goes, you know, I think coming to grips with this being quite possibly our last few games, last few weeks, last few months with Lowry in the lineup is really eye-opening. And to commemorate that, I've teamed up with Sully over at Raptors HQ, and we're okay. putting together a Kyle Lowry over everything bracket in <laughs> to to match up with a bit of the March Madness. So we're working on this, that. This reminds me of when you guys did uh, when he stay with Kawhi. Me and me and uh, Sean Woodley did the uh, Kawhi staying bracket. <laughs> oh, uh, man, we're not we're, we're not doing a Kyle Lowry staying. This is just more of a celebration of Kyle Lowry's tenure with the Raptors. So again, whether he ends up staying, it's more of a, Hey, you know, this is in honor of you. And if he goes, it is, Hey, this is also in honor of you. you. Yeah. So, you know, we're working on that right now. The, the, the bracket will be introduced on Monday and yeah, we've got regions for his best games, his best plays, his best quotes. Uh, So, yeah, look out for that because Kyle Lowry deserves a bracket. He deserves to be mm-hmm. remembered and everything that he's given to this franchise and to the city. So I'm excited to be a part of that uh, project and uh, be sure to look out for that on Monday. My only request is can you have the logo just be Lowry throwing up blurred up middle fingers? That's all. <laughs> uh, what, nothing else. Blurred uh, I, I, uh, okay, slight spoiler is, is that is probably in there. Oh, yes. There you go. There's a poll. I choose that one. (laughs) That's that's wonderful. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, I know this is going to be a little short. It's it's a shorter episode today, but one, it's to uh, appreciate not, you know, you don't want to call it an anniversary for one year, but it's more of an appreciation for the first, um, first, frontline workers, first responders, everybody who's out there working their butts off in order for us to stay safe, Mm -hmm. as well as an appreciation for Kyle Lowry, because Kyle Lowry stay, it's a win. Kyle Lowry gone, it's also a win, because you know he's going to have a statue in his number raised there in the Scotiabank Arena. But until then, Dre, where can they find you, brother? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs, and follow my film editorial and review website, Films Fatale, F-I-L-M-S, F-A-T-L-E.com, no spaces. Monday, I think it's March the... What? 15th. 15th. Yeah, well, you know what I'm alluding. The Oscar nominations are going to be out, and Film mm. Fatale, as usual, I'm going to be covering every single Oscar nominee. Um, so, basically, every category, Best Actor, Best Supporting Actress, Best Screenplay, down to Best Makeup, and all of the shorts are all going to be ranked in order. There's going to be a new list oh, man, every I can't day. Wait. And yeah, it's happy times ahead. Also, follow the K Cut. 
We uh, just did the latest episode where we, if you don't know what the Dark Side of Oz is, somebody discovered that if you play The Wizard of Oz and Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon at the same time, it's, it links up. So we tried to create our own and uh, you can see how we succeeded or failed. So Jay, where wow. can we find you? Wow, it's funny that we're you you know Jason was talking about understanding the grind. Yo, Dre is for real grinding. Yeah. Like <laughs> again, we are recording this on on a Thursday, which happens to be the same day that he also records the K cut. So this man is pulling double duty on podcasting. So kudos <laughs> to you, my friend, and definitely looking out for those Oscar noms on Monday. So um, as it pertains to me, you can find me on Twitter at Rosalasaurus. I already plugged the Kyle Lowry bracket that's coming out on Monday. Also on Monday, we have the 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 usual weekly wrap-up where I'm taking a look at the games of the week. So be sure to check that out. And I believe... Oh, also, I, I was a guest on the Confederacy of Dunks pod earlier this week with Freddie Rivas and Anthony Hall. And man, uh, being surrounded by comedians uh, it was guaranteed a good time. <laughs> it's intimidating so. too. Yeah. It is also intimidating, right? I'm, you know, <laughs> Just as I am on this pod, I was the statistical robot uh, amongst way more hilarious people so it was a fun pod be sure to check them out and uh yeah that's me shout out to the guys and girls at k cut and shout out to the guys and girls at confederacy of dunks all friends around there you can find us on that's a rap pod on twitter and you can find this podcast on all your podcatchers you can find my work on the newly uh, president's lounge york university podcast as well as the marketer's journey podcast i'm all around there uh but yeah until then everybody Stay safe, stay positive, keep your heads up. That's a wrap.